I got my 10th tattoo. Oh. Yeah. A little guy, big guy? Reasonably big. It's uh, Vivi from Final Fantasy IX. A classic. Yeah, just him with his staff and a fireball and some flames, and he's just, you know, he's looking cool. It's hurt the healing process a tiny bit more than the others, which I find weird, but I guess it's kind of on the inside, right? The inside forearm, so like... Oh, oh yeah. A bit of a sensitive skin. Bit of a yeah. tender area. Yeah, turns out, turns out, turns out. <clears throat> now, there's a game I would like to see remade with modern storytelling, modern sensibilities. So I think they could do some, some cool stuff with that whole Vivi impending doom yeah. thing. You know? He's a fun, interesting character in a, in, a, in a field of fun, interesting characters and, uh, you know, appreciates them. Hello, Internet. Welcome to Press X to Podcast. Lucky season number seven. Can you believe that we've been doing this for seven years? Seven years and four episodes, because this is episode number four. Hello. My name is Paul. Alongside me today, as, as all of these podcasts have been for years on end we've got james and rhett how are you doing boys oh just just great i got some big projects coming down the pipes a uh, lot of um a lot of work to be done before the big reveal and not tons of time to do it in love that for you so, yeah it's terrific um just uh just delightful just just friggin' delightful. Anyways. <laughs> Just friggin' delightful. And Rhett, uh, tell me your feelings about... Is that, is that a Colt 45 t-shirt you're wearing? <laughs> you know, it sure is. <laughs> it sure is a Colt 45 t-shirt. <laughs> I went all over the city looking for Colt 45 tonight, and I uh, couldn't find it, so... Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm drinking these uh, extra-large... Coronas instead. It's got a similar vibe. Similar vibe. Similar vibe. You know, uh, not that long ago, I ran across a website that catalogs all the 40s that have ever been made and uh, in excruciating detail. And there's some yeah. real banger names for, for 40s out there. Yeah. Do you, you remember any off the top of your head? No, I'd have to look them up, but they're all like hurricane typhoon right you know red death kind of yeah. oriented Old stuff English. you know you, you know you mean business when you right you're picking right. up one of those you. picking up the hurricane very nice what i i i haven't had a 40 in quite some time my recollection of the experience was a <laughs> a somewhat disappointing one Perhaps yeah, I miss the days when you would duct tape them to your hands. Yeah, see, that to me is an accelerant for the bad times because the trouble with the 40 is that the heat from your fucking meaty paws will, 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 will leach right. into the beverage. So I got drinking fast. Yeah, it turns it from drinkable to like a sort of punishment. And like if it's taped to your hands, it's just worse, man. You got drinking fast. Oh. No, no bitches here. Drink them fast. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just drink scotch like an adult. Mm. No, 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 no. 
But the real question here is Colt 45 or Big Bear? Colt 45. Both of those sound like brain poison, so I will leave that to you gentlemen. But I take I take old English over both of those. Oh. They stopped making uh, that, didn't they? Okay, so that's why I couldn't find it then. Because, I, again, I went all over the city looking for it tonight. I, Nowhere to be found. Yeah, I remember reading that somewhere, that they they stopped making Old English. I was like, oh, why? Was that a COVID thing? Was that another COVID casualty? Was no, this was, this was recent, like, a few months ago. A few months ago? Dude, I missed it by a few months. That's so disappointing. Could have stocked up. Uh, I know. You could have been the... Uh, the old English Baron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this unending stockpile of old English. all over the world, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By that logic, there is, in fact, an old English Baron somewhere yeah. out there. With like, that's the true. Last that's a good point. Old that's English a good point. Somebody has that's them. A good point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll do our best to find that guy. Maybe he wants to sponsor the podcast. Yeah, seek his favor, you know. <laughs> I mean, if not him, somebody. Like, we got to figure this out. It's season seven. It's time to fucking pick up a sponsor, if you ask me. I'd agree with that. Uh, let's. Who would be willing to put their company's reputation on the line like that? I don't know, but there's got to be somebody. If anyone, I'm thinking it's the old English Baron. Right. Sure, sure, man. The old, the, the, the he'll probably he's probably down. I, I I don't see why not. I mean, look, What's we'd have lose? we'd have zero issue with product placement. Yeah, like that's a given. Yeah, I don't know if you're looking at the stream right now, but we have a fourth space right here. That could be the old English Baron. You could just pop 100%. in, pop out. Hundred percent. Give us some thoughts on on. You know, the malt liquor market. Yeah. Which apparently it's not doing too well. <laughs> apparently. I can't <laughs> imagine why. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's a delicious <laughs> beverage, okay? I, it's, it's simply not for me. I, <laughs> I, I tried it. I gave it the old college go round. Yeah. And I found it eventually undrinkable. Sort of a fascinating phenomenon. Right. <laughs> now, I've never Fair tried enough. this, but... Chew on this for a sec. What if you put on like a mitten and then hung on mm -hmm. to the Colt 45? Get a little bit of insulation. For sure. A little bit of comfort. Yeah. Absolutely. You need, you need one of those like ice buckets that they, they stick champagne in at fancy <laughs> restaurants. And you just jam the 40 in there whenever you're not, you know, <laughs> indulging. And then it stays crisp. And I don't know, maybe it gets undrinkable for a completely different mysterious reason. Yeah. Maybe it stays delicious the entire time. Brad, it's up to you to find out. Mitten's a good play, man. Paul, it sounds like you're a veteran of the old Edward Forty Hands <laughs> movement. Uh, I've been known to that. dabble. Yeah. I've <laughs> been known to dabble. Okay, okay. So James, what I'm hearing out yeah. of this is you're more of a you're more of a wizard staff kind of guy. You know, Correct. tape tape the cans together, and you're you're hanging on oh. to the wizard's staff. Tape the cans together, like vertically. Yeah, Which, obviously. Like stack yeah, them up, a... and the one you're drinking is on the top. So you're and then carrying you take a... it off. 
when you're done? No, you well, tape another no, one you, to the you, top. You, you tape another you just one on keep top of it, creating this you, this staff. I yeah. see, right? Okay. You know, at the end of the night, you you see who's That's the fun. biggest wizard. That's fun. I never heard of that before. Gets uh, yeah. gets That's quite fun. challenging to yeah consume. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest well, wizard. And, and then you get to a certain point of the night, you have yourself a wizard battle with the staff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds fun. I'm going to do that the next time I'm out and about with the fellas. Yeah, just, uh, all right, boys, we're going to have a wizard battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's the best caster? We'll see. Uh, anyways. This podcast is uh, usually about video games. Correct. So uh, I guess we could talk about that. Um, James, I don't think you can talk about what you're playing. Rhett, I think you can talk about what you've been playing. Yeah, yeah. So obviously we covered Suicide Squad. Uh, I don't think we need to cover that anymore. But I would say keep your eyes peeled for the review, which will be coming this weekend. Um... But I've been playing Helldivers 2 over the past few days. Say and more, because you sent me a message, and you're like, this game is Dude, awesome. It's unreal. It's unreal. Did you play the first one? Uh, no, I did not. Mm. Well, I think either way, you would have a good time with it, but I wonder if a lot of my excitement about it comes from the fact that it's like a total 180 from what the original was. Hmm. The original was like a top-down shooter, you know, sort of primitive in the way it looked. It still looked okay, but... Um, but this one is just like, man, it's this gorgeous third-person shooter that puts most others to shame. It definitely looks better than fucking Suicide Squad. Um, it, it maintains, like, a lot of... a lot of, like, the soul of the original Helldivers... The heart and soul you're going to find intact here. You're still doing say, like similar things with like, there are these stratagems that you'll use to buff your party. So like somebody will bring a, a supply pack stratagem and somebody will have an orbital strike stratagem and somebody will have uh, like a big fucking machine gun stratagem. And the way you operate them is you hold a button and then you enter this series of button button commands. And then you get this fucking stratagem in your hand and you throw it and then they launch this thing from the sky and it crashes into Earth or whatever planet you're on. And you go and pick the thing up and it, bo it buffs your party. All that's there and it works the exact same way as it did in the first game. But if you didn't know, if you didn't know otherwise, you would think that it's an entirely different game. And I think that I think that, you know, I, I think back to uh, Spider-Man and a lot of people had complaints about how, well, Spider-Man 2, is, is, is it really a sequel or is it DLC, you know? Did this really, like, move the series forward as much as we were hoping it would? I think that's up for debate. But uh, with Helldivers 2, it's, it's such a fucking genuine sequel, you know? It's so nice to see a game that 95% of the time completely moves the series forward. And it's fucking awesome. It's awesome. Have, have y'all ever played... I think the best game that I could compare it to is uh, Earth Defense Force. Okay. Y'all ever played with Earth Defense Force games? Yeah, where it's just like a third-person shooter, you got a team, and there's just these massive alien bugs crashing into Earth, and you got to kill them all. That's really what I would compare this to. And uh, 
yeah, it's it's just a ton of fun to play. Highly recommend getting a squad of, uh, of players together. Uh, running it on solo, it, I mean, it's it's fun enough on solo, but it's obviously like a, a teamwork-oriented game. Um, one that you'll benefit greatly from if you have a dedicated group of friends that know what they're doing. Not only, you know, just, just to fucking keep yourself company, but it's a really supremely difficult game as well. Keep that in mind. Like, once you start to get up to, like, there's nine different difficulties, and once you start up to get to, like, the fourth difficulty, it'll start to kick your ass. So, you know, be aware of that. You want a team of players that know what they're doing. You want to have some strategies laid out. You want to you kind of, you know, plan things out before you go into each mission. But it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun if you can get past that initial, like, shock where you're like, holy fuck. We thought we were just going to go in here and shoot some aliens, and we got absolutely prison fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I will say, game. looking at gameplay, it just, it's like a, a sharp edge that's not been honed. Like, it's mm -hmm. raw. It knows mm -hmm. exactly what it is, and this is like a, a brutal uh, Starship Troopers the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen people make that comparison with Starship Troopers. It is kind of like that. It kind of has that I'm doing my part vibe. Yeah. Yeah, that's the cool thing about it is that so like it's not a game that you can just sit down for a weekend or a week or a month and beat. It's the entire player base is working towards a collective goal of liberating this solar system, let's say. Um and you'll see that, you know, there's there's a certain amount of progress made with each mission that you do on each planet that you can uh that you can tackle. There's a certain amount of progress that gets made, but it's a fucking it's like a continuous progress bar that every single player that's in the game is contributing towards. Oh. It's, yeah, and it's it's interesting. It's a really interesting way to do it. So it's like if if everybody hasn't liberated a certain planet by, you know, let's say March 15th, that planet's lost and we failed, you know? So it's like this, yeah, it's, it's one of the most like, I think it's one of the better examples of a PVE game that you can play, you know? Uh, if that's what you're into, if you're not into PVP and you want like, a, you know, a cooperative us versus them experience, Man, Helldivers is really, really fucking good. Now, there's been some issues because I, I guess they weren't anticipating that their servers were going to get hammered like they have been. I think they got up to like 300,000 concurrent players or something. Yeah, that's um, massive. Yeah, so they, they weren't anticipating it at all. And there's been some login issues. There's been some connection issues. That's getting ironed out. They've already they released a patch, I think, yesterday to, to help alleviate that stuff. But be aware of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's a fucking massive game. It beat God of War to become Sony's biggest PC launch of all time. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I think after my big project, I'm balls deep in, I think Helldivers 2 is getting some attention. Oh, dude, I highly recommend it. And another great thing about it is that it isn't a fucking... 79.99 game it's not a full price game 
It's, I think it's 40 American, 50 Canadian. It's only up for the two, it's just PS5 and PC. Is there crossplay? Correct. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. All yeah. Right, so I've it. been on PC. I've been playing with some people on uh, PlayStation. Again, you know, there's been some issues with connection, connecting to uh, both PC and PS5 players, to be honest. But uh, yeah, yeah there, sure. there, there is crossplay it's, and yeah. it's, it works really well. Cool. When it does, I should say. So there's bugs, but there's also robots, right? Yes. Yeah, there's two different factions. There's the bugs, the robots. The robots are infinitely more difficult, I would say. Uh, when you Again, when you get onto those higher difficulties, it seems like they just spawn and spawn and spawn, and you really need to, you know, you really got to fucking work out how you're going to tackle a situation and find the right combination of stratagems to go in to to each mission with speaking of the missions though actually thinking about suicide squad so my biggest complaint about that game was that from the beginning to the end every single mission felt like you're doing the exact same thing uh hell divers has a really nice variety of missions sometimes you're going in and you're fighting a big boss sometimes you're going in and you need to work out like a puzzle where you need to like um redirect oil flow to a certain area and everybody's got to work together to do that or sometimes you got to work together to like launch an icbm and then you fucking see it launch and you see it explode on the other side of the planet in this glorious crushing mushroom cloud that like man it explodes and you actually then you like several seconds later you'll get the impact and it'll hit you <laughs> the, oh. oh dude it's fucking cool like there's a lot of cool shit that's just like made me and my friends that have been playing it smile, you know, we're, we're just like, dude, this is actually so fun. I'm so pleased to hear that. And yeah. just to touch on the suicide squad thing, uh, I heard someone on another podcast describe the missions in that game as like, every single mission is like a, a destiny public event. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, exactly. you know, it's just like some random thing that's happening out there and like defend this zone or yep. like whatever. Yep. It's just nonsense. But yep. glad to hear this is a little bit more interesting. The Destiny public event is a great, great comparison. That is exactly what those feel like. Well, that yeah, sucks. No, I, I can't wait. I would recommend getting it on um, PC as well for two reasons. One, it. So I'm running a 3060 Ti with a Ryzen 9 5950X. So I've got a pretty beefy CPU, but my GPU is already becoming, it's somewhat dated already, but I've been running the game on ultra settings and it's fucking gorgeous. So I highly recommend that. It's not going to take, you know, a fucking 40 series GPU to run this game at optimal settings. Uh, and there's full dual sense support on PC Ooh. as well. Yeah, so for those two reasons, I'd recommend grabbing it on PC. Nice. That's yeah. a nice, nice little benefit to have there. Man, dual sense support on PC, very, very nice. So what's your uh, take on the long-term viability of this game? Like, is it going to get boring, or is it that dependent on your squad and working together and the nonsense that happens that it will stay fun? I think it'll stay fun. I think that obviously there's only two factions right now that we're fighting against, but I have no doubt that they're going to be adding more. They yeah. did with the first game. And that's really what it's all about. As long as they're adding new planets, new missions, new factions to fight, there's no reason it shouldn't stay fun. Also, like, it's not a looter shooter. It's you finish missions and you're acquiring currency and resources throughout the missions. And then you use those to purchase gear, cosmetics, 
weapons, you know, et cetera, et cetera, ship upgrades. Um, you use all that to purchase the stuff afterwards. So as long as they keep adding, again, new gear, ship upgrades, weapons, et cetera, et cetera, as long as they just keep adding to what they already have, there's no reason it won't stay fun. Just like the first one, the first, you know, and I think it goes back as well to the whole unified goal structure that they've set up. They can always set up a new a new campaign where yeah, there's this new faction and where it's going to take two months of fifty thousand to a hundred thousand people working together to actually finish it. They keep doing that, then yeah, there's no reason it won't stay fun. I think that's really cool. Like I saw the other day, uh, one planet got completely purged of bugs. Like it was a hundred percent liberated, and yep. you know that's satisfying that you contributed to that. Reminds Super. me of uh, Phantom Pain where the yeah. PvP in that was about trying to either nuke the world or rid the world of nukes. Or uh, rid the world of nukes, yeah. And uh, I re- it was like way after the game launched, like years and years, I remember uh, yeah. Xbox cleared the they world of it. nukes or whatever. Mm-hmm. They finally got the special scene that happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Everybody working towards a, a common goal. Fun. It's an experience as well. Like, I don't think you're going to find that anywhere else in gaming. I can't think of any other game that is like, it's entirely based off of a mission that everybody cooperates on. Hmm. Smart one cool. to launch on uh, PC as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to go day and date to build up that immediate player base and hopefully get people sticking around. So when the stuff is coming down the pipe, still a decent player base. Yeah, um, I'm so happy too that, like I said, it it beat God of War for Sony's biggest PC release because that's gotta just that's gotta reassure them that doing this in the future with other stuff is going to be beneficial. Yeah, you can definitely see that happening for their other, especially multiplayer stuff or games as a service stuff. So, Concord, yeah. whatever that ends up being, uh, that's probably a day and date on PC, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Sweet, Helldivers two. Check it. it out on the cheap. Uh, what have I been playing? Well, still playing Cyberpunk. Finishing nice. up Phantom Liberty. Holy shit, are there some impossible decisions in that DLC? Oh my god. Uh, Red, oh, yeah. I, I'm sure you know the one I'm I'm talking about, but there's one where I was... What do you, what do I do? These are both bad. I mean, I have to assume it would be the one towards the end. Yeah. 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 I was just sitting there like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't trust any of you. <laughs> 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 You're all suspicious as shit. Yeah. But I, I love that they, they did that. Like there's no good option and evil option. It's just shades of gray. Uh, mm-hmm. can't can't recommend that dlc enough the way and the way it's woven into the i talked about this last time but the way it's woven into the main game as well like it's very yeah. there's a lot of interplay there where it, yeah. it feels like uh, a piece of the whole not you know something that happens on the side right really yeah, really you, well done if you just started up the game if somebody handed you the controller and they already had that installed you would have no idea that that's dlc no yeah yeah so uh really impressed with that uh glad that they turned it around yeah 
And uh, other than that, well, uh, Rebirth is coming. Two weeks, two-ish weeks from now. Uh, so I figured now's a good time to catch up on that Yuffie DLC because I started it and then I never finished it. And it's pretty cool. It's uh, definitely more linear than FF7 Remake, but it, it does a good job of telling a, an interesting backstory for Yuffie. That's something that I, you know, as an optional character in the original game, something that was completely missing. Uh, so getting a little bit of the backstory and having her kind of weave her way into what was going on in the, in the main story of FF7 Remake, pretty good. She's a cool character. Can't wait to see what they do with her in Rebirth. Uh, and her combat is totally different than any of the other stuff that's in the main game. Uh, it's got a whole synergy system where you can kind of synergize her attacks with uh, the other character that, that you're playing along with along the way. Uh, some cool ninja magic stuff and lots of cool battles. Uh, very prominently involves Scarlet. So if you're a fan of that character's design, you will enjoy the Yuffie DLC. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, it's like it's like four or five hours. It's not that long. So I <laughs> would definitely recommend uh, playing that. If you played Remake and you're planning to play Rebirth, I think it will probably be important. Chesty, huh? Chesty. Yes. Real chesty. Uh, yeah. Heaving. Let's put it that way. Heaving. Oh. Mounds. Okay. Gives, uh, gives Tifa a run for her money. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, in, in exposure, for sure. <laughs> right. The, uh, the direction team knows what they're doing. They, they have a, a goal in mind, and they are tireless in making sure that that happens. Yeah, and God bless them for it. Yeah, not not shying away. Definitely not shying away. You know. So after that, I told myself I'm I'm not going to do this thing and go play the demo for Rebirth. Mm. I was really feeling it after finishing the DLC. So I jumped into the demo, played the Rebirth demo. Uh, it's a lot like remake but uh i was very impressed with how they handled the story and how they were playing with the cutscenes that are iconic from the first game because the the demo for rebirth occurs in a, a flashback sequence of uh cloud and tifa's hometown and uh, all of the iconic shots from the original game, all the stuff that was in the commercials for FF7, really well done. Uh, lots of Sephiroth content, so you get a little bit of backstory about who he is and what he's all about. And it's definitely a lot clearer what's going on than it was in the terribly translated Final Fantasy VII from 1997 or whenever it came out. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Dang man, really looking forward to it. Yeah, um, Se Sephiroth uh, comes across kind of a cool, kind of a 
cool badass kind of a cool tortured badass in 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 the demo appreciate that shit and um also like generally kind of a pretty good guy yeah like yeah. a decent dude in the, in the in the flashback yeah he he's you know he's he's uh inquisitive and helpful and uh, a, a beloved hero you know just 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 like a uh uh <clears throat> Like a big figure from the war, I guess. Like that's how he gets famous because everybody knows who he is. And I guess, right? Like, cause they're all like, "Oh my God, it's Sephiroth, the hero, the war hero." Well, like, so I guess, I guess he was in the war. <laughs> yeah, like the whole town <laughs> congregating outside of wherever he is. I mean, I'm like, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, get uh, we'll get a picture with you, buddy. Uh, get in there, get get in the frame. You know, you and your enormous fuck off sword. Yeah. Uh and if you've played I'm not going to give anything away, but if you've played the original Final Fantasy 7, there are some things in the Nibelheim flashback that you don't know that are very nicely hinted at in the demo. As I think it's really well handled. So, uh Yeah, counting the days till the 29th. And uh, counting the days until the reviews come out so I can completely ignore them. I don't want to know anymore. I'm, I'm done. That's it. I don't know if either of you have, have touched that demo or, or not. But uh, Got it downloaded, but I uh, have not played it. I'm familiar with the contents. It's, it's not that uh, long. It's like an hour. Yeah. It's a little trip down to, down through the the flashback times, um, yeah, it it does a good job of uh, setting the stage, getting people interested. Um, I'll also say that there's there's a piano mini game <clears throat> that comes up, and it is awesome. It's so what? hard. It's dense <laughs> as a fucking anvil is what it is. It's crazy. So you can like, you can walk up. I assume you can walk up to any piano because it sounds like you can just like collect different pieces of, of music and, and try to play them on the piano. And there's a, there's a whole interface. It's like a two stick situation where your left hand is kind of playing, you know, the bass chords and stuff. And you've got to push the stick in the right direction in time with lines that are progressing towards the edge of the circle so you're playing the you know the background chords on the left hand and then some more of the melody on the right hand and you mess up and you mess up real bad especially the first few times and it sounds awful and it's amazing like <laughs> i cannot wait to see what kind of music you can pick up in the full game <laughs> yeah it's maybe the hardest rhythm game i've ever played <laughs> Because like just because you have to do like bull sticks and you're like fuck 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 <laughs> just like you can't I I don't know personally my brain is not wired for that shit I I I, I hats off to anybody who can who can do it I can't like for one it's both sticks but both sticks are split into like ten or twelve tones yeah <laughs> so you got to be pretty precise on where where you're pushing things otherwise you just sound like an idiot yeah but such a douche but 
anyway, my point is that little mini game makes me feel very confident that they're going to rock the rest of the mini games that are almost certainly going to be in this game because it's almost certainly going to the gold saucer. Uh, it's going to be good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gold saucer. Gold saucer theme. Yeah. Uh, that old school PS one cutscene when you get to the gold saucer, God, a highlight, a highlight of every playthrough just on the little, the little, the little tram floating through the ether and then you get there and it's just this big weird like lot like vegas style di disc like a ufo disc and you just hop in and it's just like oh hell yeah you hear the crowd sounds and like sick mm -hmm. yeah 10 10 out of 10 um, we'll play again yeah yeah but uh i, I think love, i think clearly we'll have a lot more to say about this game as well you know, early contender for game of the year. It's gotta be right. It's gotta be. It's, it's gotta, gotta be. be better than a seven. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think. I think. I think, based on our very illustrious, well thought out, well reasoned four point scale, my my <laughs> guess, you know, just based on how good the last one was, right, that it's going to be in the better than seven category. The last one probably would have class classified as a hundo. You know what? You know what? You when you when you point that out, I see that you're correct. FF Seven Remake definitely goes in the hundo stack, and and maybe maybe Rebirth goes in the same place. But <clears throat> who can say? Yes, we'll have to see. Who can say? Having only played the demo, uh, it sounds like this thing's like a hundred hours if you want it to be. So, if played one percent of the game and it was pretty good uh not to change the topic or anything like that but Rhett what what kind of score are you giving Helldivers uh I mean it's not going to be a hondo but definitely better than a seven okay that is a seven for sure yeah all right yeah I feel like this scale is fulfilling its intended purpose up to this point I think so. Yeah. Because I mean, like, because it's based on people's instinctive value judgments. Like, IGN, for all their, like, too big to fail foibles, really did sort of accidentally lay the groundwork <laughs> with their, like, reluctant unwillingness to go below a seven. Yeah. I mean, they could have had a four-point scale. It'd just be seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Well, like... <sighs> I mean, we keep it simple. We keep it yeah. simple. The stuff you have to play, stuff you should play, and stuff you could probably leave. Yeah. Don't, could, should, must. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. That's straightforward. Yeah. Listen, people we, people need a little a little simplicity, a little, you know, accessibility. Yeah. Uh right? Just just to just to uh uh make their complicated hectic lives uh, a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh any other games y'all been playing? You want to touch um, on uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong? 
Sure. Now that the embargo is passed, I can give you the scoop. I guess it's like a... I never played any of the old ones, so I have no idea how it stacks up compared to the original, but I saw some screenshots, and it's basically night and day. Um, the thing that really fucked me up about it is that Mario is such a, like, physical character. Big moves, fast runs, high jumps, you know, bouncing off shit, going all over the place, right? Like, Mario is a very wahoo, you know, just, like, all over the fucking map. This version of him... The, the puzzle game Mario has, he does not have a run function. He just sort of, you know, the speedy moves is the speedy moves. His jump arc is fucked. Just a little, boom, little, little hoop, you know. And uh, it's all, it's all in service of the, the puzzle system. It, it's, 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 it's a little frustrating, confusing at first because you're so used to Mario moving a certain way. Then you get into it and you realize that, oh no, this is all very particularly designed um which is cool um it was interesting because like there's the main campaign is eight worlds and i think i blew through the first six in i want to say four hours and then world seven came along and they were like whoa, 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 whoa slow down buddy <laughs> and then world eight um straight up stumped me and um i actually had to turn it from classic mode to casual mode because like classic mode you have um you 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 have a time limit on your shit there's uh no checkpoints throughout any of the stages and um, you could take one hit and you're dead uh casual mode the time limit is removed they put up checkpoint flags in different places to make things a little easier for you and you can take like four to six hits depending on the level um and i was i was fine on classic for the longest time and then i just got to like a couple of stages in world eight and just couldn't couldn't hack it man in fact <laughs> there was a particular stage in world eight that i had to activate two-player mode just because they needed another person to kind of like do a thing at the same time I was doing a thing. Like I had to cheese my way through this stage. I don't feel bad about it. It got really hard. <laughs> I had to finish the game, right? So I could do the review. And, and then I, and then I find out they're like, oh, there's, there's actually way more content if you want it. I'm like, I don't. Thank you though. <laughs> it's cool. This was already quite yeah. difficult. And you know, I feel, I feel a sort of sense of satisfaction having finished it. Like, nah, I, I don't really I don't, want it. Mm, I don't think yeah. so. But but on the flip side, if you get into it and you love the shit and you're like, oh, I, I, I hope there's more, there is. Great news. There's so much more and it gets so much harder. <laughs> um, I, it, It's cool, though, because like uh, even beyond everything I just said, there's a sort of artificial, unofficial difficulties level where you can get the three just present items and if you get all those and succeed in the run then it's even better and if you and uh for the boss stages if you do that without taking a single hit then you get a better score and i did that for like the first seven of the eight bosses i like played it over and over and over again until i finished it without taking a single hit because it was just satisfying to do so and it's like well if i can then i'm obviously gonna it wasn't until I got to Word Eight, World Eight, where I was like, uh, yeah, maybe another time." <laughs> I 
but it is really fun doing and just Mario games are really good at making a perfect run extremely satisfying. It makes it feel like achievable, like something that you can do. And then when you do do it, you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Uh, but yeah, honestly, like raw moment to moment gameplay loop. It's so satisfying to like finish these puzzles and, and like successfully run through them and complete them perfectly and get all the gifts and like do the bosses without taking a hit, no matter how many times that takes, which for me, for some of them was like 30. <laughs> Cause it's like, oh no, you can beat it in like one try, but without getting hit once, it's a little different. <laughs> But but as soon as you realize it's possible, you're like, hey, I got to do it now. <laughs> I, I will say it's good to see Nintendo take a it's a small risk, but do something a little bit different. That's an easy criticism to levy at them that they make the same game over and over and over and over. Well, and they, it's they true. take their they risks do. in their consoles. Yeah. 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 We, you. So, oh. <laughs> here's, a, here's a fun thing that I had. Boy no idea about oh, i thought that there was like a game boy advance game and they're like okay we're gonna make a new version of the game boy advance game there's five of these fucking things of these yeah uh five mario versus donkey Kong games before the switch version that yeah. dropped what? on the... yeah. yeah yeah they've been doing this for a while yeah there's like one or two in the game boy advance and then a couple on gamecube wii wii u like just every few years between like 2004 and 2012, I think. Yeah. Just a just a grip of these games. So like it but but at the same time I didn't know about any of them. They all happened at a time in my life when I was not very attentive to the video game release calendar. So for me it's just like, "Oh, sick. Look at this whole world you missed." Check this shit out. And they're great, honestly. Like, the, the Switch one that I played is amazing. So, you know, if it's at all possible for you to do, I guess if you played this one and you're like, fuck, I want more, good news. There's so much more. <laughs> so, must, should, could, mm. don't. Oh, better than seven for sure. Better than seven for sure. Yeah, better than seven for sure. Should play it. Yeah. That's the, honestly, that's better than I thought it was going to do. Yeah, like it's it's it 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 just sort of it it feels like it sort of flew in under the radar, kind of a little thing, not a lot of fanfare, but like when you sit down and play it, it's really fun. Nice. It's really fun to do the puzzles and shit. It you do when you do hit a wall in terms of difficulty, it feels like a pretty big wall because it's a combination of like figuring out the clever puzzle solutions but also there is some platforming you have to do with your busted run jump powers right like you can't move very fast you cannot jump very high you have to do both of those things there's a there's a particular enemy that was like the bane of my existence during my time playing this game it's a pile of bricks so basically you'll have the stage layout right and and at one section there'll be this 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 shadowy figure inside of a pile of bricks and he will shake and shimmy and then bricks will sort of fall down to the section below and you generally have to cross through the brick rain and because you know you take a hit and you're done 
you have to like perfectly time it. And there's a couple of sections where like the bricks were falling over like deadly spike trap ground. And so you had to like throw down an enemy and then like sit on top of this fucker's head while he moves at his own pace across this gap and the bricks are falling down. And so you just sort of have to like deek back and forth on top of this dude's Mm. head and perfectly time it so that you you're doing it around the falling bricks. Holy shit. I think the, the stage I'm thinking of, I probably beefed it like conservatively 40 times trying to get through that section. <laughs> it was fucking brutal. <laughs> it's a lot of attempts, James. Yeah. Because it was like, because, um, you every you do you do a few stages successfully and then you get these like these bonus levels where you can just go grab a whole bunch of one mans. And uh so I had like twenty-five or whatever in the bank and I got down to like nothing <laughs> after doing this run. This wow. stage, it was brutal. So if you're but, gonna uh, be if you're gonna be dying over and over in the game, how long does it take you to get back into the game once you die? Oh, it's it's real fast. Um nice. I think that's very important. Like if you're playing on casual mode, for example, because you have like five or six hits before you actually officially lose a life. So what happens is you you get hit and then you bubble back to the flag, whichever the last one was you activated. So that's pretty fast. And then even if you die, it's like pretty quick. So you have an opportunity. See, I turned it to casual mode, right? So I could get through that stage, which gave me five times as many opportunities to beef it, which I did, again, probably 30 or 40 40 times. Hmm. But again, really fun. It's a really fun game. At a glance, it looks more kid-oriented. But... I guess at from a distance, all Nintendo games kind of look that way. They do, but they, they aren't do necessarily. all look very kid oriented, and like child James would have hated this game <laughs> just because I was both temperamental and lacking in coordination. It would have been like a really bad time at the Paley household if I played this <laughs> when I was a child. But like, you know. Uh, a, a, a curious, patient child or a very patient adult can absolutely get a lot of enjoyment out of this. Cool. Yeah. The old unexpected Nintendo game. Um, which hopefully they'll be doing on a new platform soon. We'll see. Speaking of which. Like... It's all rumors, right? For the Switcheroo. Um, oh, that's a great name. I can't take credit for it. <laughs> Somebody on some news site coined that one first. But <laughs> uh, yeah, there are a lot of rumors surrounding the Switcheroo. And people have been talking about, ooh, it's, it's going to come at some point in 2024. Now, those same rumors are saying, Q1 2025, which confuses me 
because it makes it feel like they actually had a source for this, but also we've gotten like nothing from Nintendo. Just yeah. Just a hot load of nothing on either front, like just complete silence from the official channels. But the rumor mill has been working as hard as it's ever worked. You know, like, oh, it's coming this year, it's coming early next year, it's going to have this, it's going to do this, it's going to be everything else. To me, that suggests that maybe we're getting close to an announcement because the rumor mill has been, like, kicking into high gear so hard. Like, maybe during the big press summer presser season, we'll have an official reveal. You can Gotta. see it. You can see it happening in June if they're doing like a right Gotta. summer games fest kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, this article I'm looking at says it's expected to launch sometime in 2024 with an eight-inch LCD screen. Seems kind of big. It's 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 it um it's like comparable a, to the Switch. The Switch is well, a the seven, yeah, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, so. What's an extra inch? Hey, yo. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a response for that. Generally, an extra <laughs> inch is not a huge deal unless we're talking like circumference. And then you know what? We're changing wait. the game. Then <laughs> facts, facts. Wait a yeah. minute. Wait. wait for it. Hold on. Hey, hey. yeah. <laughs> Better late than never, friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, just hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. I got a thing for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more to say about Switch stuff as the weeks and months go on. Any anytime, guys. Just give us something. Give us a thing. Because I think after March, for official Nintendo games, it's go it's ghost story. It's it's nothing. It's fuck all. Well, that might also tell you what's going on. Uh, if if some things are under the under the covers, under the cover of night and or darkness or both, down in the yeah. uh, the Nintendo Skunk Works. Yeah, I just you know. Thanks. Appreciate I, that. I want. <laughs> I want a new console. I've got enough tattoos for a bit, you know. I've kind of I've I've filled out my arms. Now that money that I spend every month can go to a new Nintendo system. Come on, you sons of bitches. Hook me up, man. Yeah. yeah. So remember last week with all how the Xbox influencer ecosystem completely self-annihilated self-mutilated self-immolated melted down to a, a chernobyl level over xbox definitely leaving the hardware business xbox blowing things up well they did a podcast where big philly style and uh matt booty and sarah bond said basically nothing for 25 yeah. minutes yeah real real wet fart of a podcast i'll tell you what awful awful like as if they hyped that up beforehand 
make sure to tune in on Thursday. We're going to lay out the future of Xbox. Don't miss this. They didn't uh, lay out shit. Yeah. There are four games that are going to come to other platforms, and we're not going to tell you what they are. Yeah. No, the, the announcement was almost as disappointing as their previous two consoles have been. Zing. Realistically, yeah. I mean... I mean, it's not it's not a surprise that they're going this direction, as I was saying in the last podcast. Probably it's going to be older games, stuff that's not fresh, that's going to other systems because they want yeah. to double down on the cash flow. They want people to buy the things as well as subscribing to Gamecast, Game Pass, because people on Xbox are not buying games. They have been told not to buy games. They have been told not to buy consoles. That was a big part of the Starfield marketing was play it anywhere. You don't need a console. So people are, guess what? Not buying Xboxes. It's a yeah, fascinating oops, grouping of missteps in, all in a row, all at the same time, from an initially good idea that didn't work, not even once ever. Yeah. But, uh, so the four games, it is believed that they are Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, Grounded, and Pentiment. So, uh, not really big volume movers. Bunch of garbage, let's be real. A bunch of garbage. Sweet. I don't know. See if Thieves Sweet. might be worth playing at this point. Maybe there's content there. I don't know. I don't think it is. I don't think that they can even maintain a player base on Xbox. Well, yeah. So I mean, there's not that many Xbox players. No, there. right? That sounds like just a desperate ploy to do what they can to try to squeeze a little bit of life out of that game. But it's just not going to happen. What's interesting is they wouldn't say, you know, wouldn't commit to really anything in in the questioning, uh, the, the line of questioning on the podcast. They did say that it's not Starfield, it's not Indiana Jones. Okay. At the same time, when they announced that Blade game, they did not say platforms. Mm. To me, that says... That baby's going on everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I think they're the cagier they get and the more they withhold information and the more they're like, we'll see, basically means prepare to be disappointed, Xbox fans. You know, the the, the church of Xbox group, they're going to be... They're going to be sad because the cool shit's going to other platforms and uh, everybody else will be fine with it because they're not that weird. I mean, it's a good it's a good business move from Xbox to go this direction and kind of <clears throat> downplay their hardware group. Like if you want a Game Pass box, we have Xbox. You can grab that. You can have Game Pass. You'll get all these games, blah, blah, blah. You don't want that you want to buy a ps5 you get access to all those ps5 things 
Plus, you can buy the Xbox stuff when it comes out. I think that's the eventuality is we're, we're going to get to that of Xbox is a Game Pass box. Not a huge impact on the hardware market and it's other stuff that people who are, I don't want to say serious about gaming, but like to own their content, you know, save up and buy a couple of games a year, a few games a year instead of dishing out $15 a month for, or is it like $20 a month now? for uh it's between the two it's like for 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 us in canada it's like 16 or 17 or 18 not, or a, not a hell of a lot up to this point anyway so we'll see maybe they'll say something someday about this stuff but it was not yesterday Anything else that's been going on out there that's uh, top of mind for you guys? I did see a report that potentially Respawn is making a first-person Mandalorian game. Yes, yes, I saw that as well. Um... I mean, Titanfall is pretty great. Mm. with all mm -hmm. that those mobility mechanics that they've been building up is it, it exists in uh in all their stuff really yeah first person mando game could be pretty rad but i mean like honestly at this point <clears throat> i feel like we're pretty ready for some non-jedi star wars shit oh, like yeah. non no not jedi not like dog fights in space let's 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 open up the third avenue for like you know cool roguish badass with a blaster or like several blasters you know what i mean like because that's on the ground laser battles oh underrated honestly underrated element of the of the of the field i i, I know um ea's uh, uh, duplicitous clusterfuck Star Wars Battlefront sort of like treaded that ground, but in such a way that I don't ever want to touch it again. You fucking snakes. Well, Damn. I mean, they screwed up brutally on the delivery of that game, but blasting people is kind of fun. Blasting yeah. people rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Battlefront has some good moments in it. Second one, especially, but. It's not a it's not a badly programmed game in any way. No. But who knows? I yeah, they, feel they, like it's, they, they, it's too soon for respawn to be anywhere near showing something like this or having something ready. Right. Yeah. Like unfortunately, I think the Outlaws is probably closer to fruition, and even that's kind of not that close. And also, that's they said a, that's... Uh, they said late twenty twenty four for that one, right? Yeah, that's a that's an, that's an Ubisoft Taco Bell release, right? Yes, sir, it is. Okay, so I don't, I want to care, and I might be convinced to at some point when it hits the sale phase. But like, I don't, unless I absolutely have to. 
or am forced to when purchasing a bundle for a console, for example, I do not like to buy Ubisoft games at full price. <laughs> that's that's okay. fair. They, they do not, in general, bear out to be worth it. <laughs> Case in point is this fucking skull and bones, man. Oh, like, boy. Yeah, I saw, I saw lame. I saw a clip and they're like, there's no like ship to ship combat. You, you're you just playing as the ship. You're sort of like whipping around. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not, there's not individual pirates doing cool That's what I'm saying. shit. How dare you make a pirate game and there's no swashbuckling? How dare you, Ubisoft? Who thought that was a sweet idea? It's it's so crazy that they got delayed so many times and it took them so many years to release. And it's the sort of shit that an indie developer could have yeah. shit out and like hundred yeah. percent. In eighteen months. In eighteen months they could have made this game so much better than Ubisoft did. One hundred percent. They already had a better game. Like Black Flag was better than this. And they Black Flag's <laughs> way better than this. That actually had sword fighting. Yeah, and they took out the part that would be fun. Which is when you get up close to a ship and board the ship and take out the other pirates and make them walk the plank, do the pirate shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's got to be some real sunk cost fallacy over at, over at Ubisoft because ain't no way this thing should have made it past the concept stage at like this anyway. Something's not right. But uh, your boy's been pegged, literally, to review that game. <laughs> Peg like, so, Yeah. <laughs> so, I will have some opinions on it, I suppose, the next time we talk. But, uh, oh, that's exciting. Well, it's like Suicide Squad. I am not really looking forward to playing this. Oh, is that I so? think... I... I, I think if you clear your mind and 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 empty out your heart and narrow your focus, you yeah. can probably dig deep and find maybe a seven experience. Think so? In this, uh, I think so. I don't know, man. You think it'll be a could? I I I yeah. I I, I, I not a should, but a could. Yeah. Um, because like maybe. I don't know, man. There's no pirate shit. Like, what are they doing? I know. I know. I don't know, man. I think even if it is, if it, you're like, ah, it's all right. The ship combat is okay. Mm-hmm. You're way better off spending like five bucks to get an old copy of Black Flag. Yeah. Because, you know, that has like a game attached to it. And a damn good yeah, one. Probably the best Assassin's Creed. Plus, you can do pirate shit in Sea of Thieves, like for free. That game, right? Yeah, that 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 game got robust, right? You know, they've they've been steadily working on it for years. They've been like, they've expanded it. You know, there's all this crazy shit you can do if you want to do cool pirate shit. You can absolutely do cool pirate shit in Sea of Thieves. There's other pirate games that are also pretty decent like they're out there man they're i just feel like the time to release skull and bones was like several years ago and also not the version that they have in the chamber 
I mean, I played Skull and Bones at E3. It was probably like 2016. Oh my god. I was gonna say, like, did this not have just as long of a development cycle as fucking Cyberpunk did? If not longer. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like that's nuts. It does not look better than it did then. No. That's <laughs> not that's not good. No. Yeah, so stay tuned for my thoughts on that one. This pirate can't even swim. Fuck me. Pirate can't swim. He walks into the water. He's like, oh, no, water. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. Well, another banger for you, Rhett. Every... Um... (laughs) Yep, every pirate fan's dream right here. Oh, but at least you can have like a little squirrel next to the fucking wheel man like it looks so lame it really does look so lame god well uh we'll pray for your pirate soul appreciate it yeah man just keep an open mind what if you get what if you get to like six six point five territory with this one what if Uh like Well, what if? What, what if, if it re- reaches those vaunted heights of like acceptable? Yeah, Matt. six six point five. Eh? So wait, yeah. is this game out yet? Oh yeah, I I was looking it up. They, there's reviews are live. It's Shit. out. Yeah, okay. it came out today. Yeah, it came out today because I just got my code today. So once again, not a great indicator, Ubisoft, that you're confident about your game. Are you going to play it on stream? Are you going to go live with this bad boy? This one, probably not. Fair. Probably not, yeah. Fair. Yeah, Maybe Suicide not. Squad we did in two nights on stream, back to back, about 11 hours. And that, like, by the end of those 11 hours, I was like, holy fuck, like, please let this be over. Please, please let this be over. This one, there's no way it's going to take just 11 hours. I'm sure Ubisoft crammed... 60 hours at least into this hot mess. You'll be and wanting to walk the plank to long before that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. IGN scored it a seven. <laughs> Imagine that. Scored it a God. seven, huh? I mean, for a big ticket AAA title, that's basically the kiss of death <laughs> yeah there are 11 reviews in total critic reviews what's the lowest score it's gotten i'm seeing a 40 yeah not great yeah not great <laughs> not terribly promising <laughs> i'm seeing though an 80 Dude, there's always somebody out there that's willing to give a game a fucking hundred or a ninety-five. Or... From from reputable source, try hard guides. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. nice. Yeah. What could go They're wrong? Pretty cool, man. Yeah, I go to I go to them for all my gaming news, reviews. <laughs> uh so yeah. So next time we talk about, uh, or next time we talk, I'm sure I'll have something to say about this game. I look forward to that. I don't. I don't. 
no buddy buddy yeah. stay positive shut yeah. up bud stay positive yeah yeah there's no way I'm it's just... worse than suicide squad right yeah Jesus i don't know so, so here's the thing suicide squad ign gave suicide squad a five i'm definitely giving it higher than a five interesting yeah like suicide squad to me is definitely a could it's hmm. definitely a could I'm not saying don't play it it's a could for sure this one I'm not convinced yet that it's gonna even surpass could damn yeah oh. i just have a serious problem with a pirate game where you don't really do like the majority of what pirating is i mean i've seen videos out there of when when you throw out the hooks to hook the the boat that you're trying to seize you're trying to board it just fades to black Ooh, wonderful fades to black like yep you did it you got the boat now you're Wonderful. a boat again. Excellent. It's, it's not good, man. Sure can't wait to get this going. Gonna be a banger. Uh, anything else? No, man. No. I think that's all next, she wrote. Next, next, next week, I will have stuff that maybe I can't, maybe I don't even talk about it then. Maybe I'm just nice to Paul and I don't. <laughs> I don't drop a lot of shit next week. What do you say? I I think we should do what we must, James. Yeah. So whatever that means, because okay. I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. At That's all. right. That's true. It's um, all cryptic nonsense. It's all a uh, uh, big question marks written on parchment paper that's been yellowed and dried so it looks like it's very old even though it clearly isn't um yeah everything's theoretical yeah Th this is this is the land of hypotheticals hypothetical is the name of a british panel show that i mostly recommend but let's just say, if there were to be a thing that is important to talk about, we'll probably talk about it. Mm -hmm. there's, yeah. a good, there's a good chance that would be the case in general. And we uh, greatly hope that you will join us for that next week when we return for episode number five of Lucky Season 7. Lucky Season 7, episode five. Coming I feel like we need, a, we need like a slot machine noise that we can Ooh, play from nice. the soundboard every time okay, somebody says that. lucky seven yeah hang on okay never mind i'll have to look into that later all right okay yeah yeah, yeah. it was a yeah. good idea uh it, it really was we, we whiffed hard maybe i'll maybe i'll put it in there in post we'll see no episode, episode five we're gonna have it man we're gonna have it uh we've been paul Rett and james we thank you very much for listening and or watching I haven't said this in a while take care of yourselves take care of each other we'll That's see right. you right back here next time for press x to podcast have a good night